0: Crusaders, to the New Crusade Podcast, episode 35. Uh, I'm your host, Ian, and as with me as always is Courtney. Hello. This week we'll be talking about uh, Ahsoka's latest episode, some Wheel of Time, uh, theater camp of a movie that's on Hulu, and some initial thoughts on the new Cyberpunk update uh, that came out last week, and then some hopes, I guess, for what's going to be coming up for uh, Phantom Liberty. Some hopes and
1: dreams for yes, Phantom Liberty. Maybe.
0: maybe yep but uh first let's jump into ahsoka so i believe we were on
1: episode six six. i want to say um yes part six far far away is the title of the episode it starts off with ahsoka and then you never see that bitch again in in this episode even though the show is called ahsoka you never see ahsoka that much
0: yeah, but this episode <laughs> did answer all the questions we've been yes. having. Is like, why does this map go to Throng? Why does she know this is where, where it's going to go? Uh, it, it
1: takes you six episodes to get to this yeah, point. Yeah,
0: and I'll, I'll, I'll actually go on the whole tire like how you could have shot this to where like, it would have made sense for episode one, how you should have shot this so this was Ahsoka's show and not Rebels 2.0 or Clone Wars 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> because this was really just shot for, like, nostalgia purposes for the most part, and the show's not about Ahsoka whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They gave her the name because they, made, they named the show after because everybody would want to watch it to see to learn more about her, but yeah. they have done zero character growth with her character after six out of eight episodes. Yeah. This whole show's all been about the Rebels people and not about Ahsoka.
1: Yeah. But with this episode, we finally see Thrawn. We see the uh, the, the witches... And then we also see the very cool looking stormtroopers that Thrawn has that I love their design that they did with
0: them. Yeah. Apparently like, so at the end of Rebels, like the space spells grab onto Thrawn's star destroyer that Ezra's like on the bridge with him at the time fighting him or something. And they get warped off to this planet. Apparently on this planet, there's some night sisters there. That's are, what they're called. I was like are, night
1: witches, but are, that's not yeah,
0: it. Yeah. The witches, which, Honestly, like nobody knows who what Night Sisters is unless you play Jedi Survivor and Jedi, um, Fallen Order. That's the only time I think they've ever been introduced, as far as visual media goes. Mm-hmm. Maybe in comics, maybe in books. I don't know. But
1: yeah, I think they are in. are only the books and
0: comics mostly. When, which and which ones are those that are actual canon? Who knows? Yeah. But the, but now they are. <laughs> but the actual canon that was recently released is Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, where you meet the Night Sisters who are from Dathomir. Which is supposed to be the same planet that Darth Maul's from.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But <laughs> supposedly this planet that's in this other galaxy that the whales took took them to is their real home planet.
1: <laughs> sure Dame. <Jane>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really okay. Weird.
0: That's how they explain it. That's why there's Night Sisters there. And they explain like they called out a vision to the Imperial chick, um, who suck fought in the Mandalorian uh, cause she's apparently a night sister, which we did not know. Or that. a
1: descendant of the night sisters.
0: I would say she she is one. We just she just doesn't use the magic because she, the force. No, because they don't use the force. They're using magic of some sort because they can raise the dead.
1: Oh, okay. So they're necromancers. Yeah. So oh, okay. <laughs>
0: Somehow she's a night sister, and she gets a, and they've been sending out broadcasting a vision that they have Thrawn and that and how she can find her way to to, to him, and bring him back or whatnot. Okay, that's all explained like briefly when they fucking meet up, but then um, we do finally see Thrawn. We see that he has a huge fucking army of, of stormtroopers with them. Yep. Uh, so how Ezra got the fuck out of there? Who knows? Other than I would think Thrawn would be like, well, no point in killing you. It's not like I have to wait for your friends to come get me. So you just get the fuck out and probably just kicked him out of the ship. Yeah. Although he's willing to let Sabine go fight, track him down and then let the mercenary Jedi go and kill her and Ezra. Yeah. But like, he doesn't care either way. What really happens? He's like, they're gone. Fuck them.
1: Yeah. Fuck them. We're getting the fuck out. It's going to take three days. Yeah. They're packing
0: packing up something that looks like coffins or whatnot. So it's probably like more night sisters or night brothers or whatnot that were buried there that they're taking back to the other galaxy
1: and resurrect them. Probably. But the stormtroopers, I really love the design that they did for them because it's very reminiscent of um, in Japan when the uh, China set or teacup is broken, they'll fill in the gaps with gold. And that's what uh, the armor is on the stormtroopers. It's like filled in with gold. Some have more gold. Some have less. It's just really intricate and really beautifully done. And also the armor... It's very reminiscent of uh, Japanese samurai armor on these Stormtroopers as well.
0: Yeah, which was apparent in all the original Star Wars movies, too. That he took a lot of influence from some Japanese style stuff because mm-hmm. even George Lucas says, like, this is his version of the Forbidden Palace, which is a, a Kurosaka... Uh, a That's Kira, how- Akira, what's his name?
1: Oh, I know who you're talking about. The guy about. Who did Seven
0: Samurai. Yes. Uh, it, it's, it's his version of that guy's movie, The Forbidden Palace, um, is what kind of Star Wars is based off of, mm-hmm. um, but told through the the eyes of the sidekicks, which is kind of how The Forbidden Palace is told. Um, so a lot of influence from Japan on that, like this is clearly shown in the art designs there, whether or not the art designers or the director knows those connections. I don't know because they also like made a gladiator fit gold face for the head store trooper, which doesn't necessarily fit the style, but it does work for the mixture of the different styles. That yes. have, um, which looks really good. Um, but basically like, yeah, they all show up. Thrawn lets, uh, Sabine go mm-hmm. to go find Ezra. And then the mercenary Jedi's go after her. um, she finds Ezra, he's happy to see her, but she won't necessarily explain that, oh yeah, your sacrifice for the last 10 years, I pissed that all away so I could see you, and yeah, the bad guy's about to leave now. <laughs> yeah, so we better get on this ship, Yeah, so otherwise they...
1: we have no way to get home, because also, this is a, the planet where all the space whales come to die. Yeah, that's the, that's
0: the thing, space whales go there, but they don't come back because they're going there to die. So, so it's just
1: like a giant graveyard yeah, for Yeah, so the
0: only way to get back is basically on this the Star Destroyer and the Halo... The, they probably use the Halo uh, ship for a hyperdrive to get back. Yeah. Um. So, again, like, she meets Ezra. We says, oh, how'd you get here? Like, she doesn't mention any of that shit. She's just like, oh, don't worry I, about it. She has to explain it to it sooner or later. I'm sure when Ahsoka shows I'm, up, she'll yeah. explain everything.
1: And it's... He'll be like, the fuck, Sabine? And then hopefully, I'm hoping, and it's probably not going to happen. Gonna they are, I want Sabine to die. That's yeah. why I'm trying to get it. I hate Sabine. I hate her character. I mean, the show have so just been called Sabine Sa-
0: because she's the one the fucking story seems to be about. Yeah.
1: And I despise her and I want her gone. But she probably will live and survive and probably at the very end, they'll be like, oh, look, she does have a little bit of force powers because she... Will move an object, and they'll be like, "Wow!"
0: Now, how like they should have told this story to be like more more coherent and more entertaining to watch and interesting, mm-hmm. instead of just being here's a nostalgia fest of fucking rebels stuff. Yeah, what they should have done is like first episode is this weird vision dream thing of like the temple where the map was, the night sisters on the cliff edge where they where they meet, the planet, the whales, Thrawn, all these images flashing. And then the person who wakes up is the Imperial chick that Ahsoka fought in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. She realizes something's up. She goes to some books, figures out like where this map old Republic map is. Ahsoka realizes there's a tremor of the force or something, gets like kind of gets picks up a little bit of the radio waves, starts tracking her, gets to the te- sees that they got to temple, but jumps the gun, and gets to temple first, gets the map, escapes the drones, then meets up with Sabine and then is like, hey, I got this map. They think something, it's going to have to do something with Thrawn. We need to keep it away from them, figure out what this is. And then the kind of events roll out.
1: Yeah. Instead
0: of like waiting six episodes to explain, oh, we know this is where we're going because the Night Sister sent me a dream message. Yeah. And like, If you told it that way and then you had Ahsoka following her, then it would fit that this is Ahsoka's story, tracking her down, trying to stop this, and then she calls at her friends from the Rebels to help her out and not be about how Sabine somehow is now a jedi which that wasn't what she was in the rebels at all yeah well she's still not even a jedi yeah but like she starts training her like when when, like even even the droids like she doesn't qualify what the fuck dude like she's not even close to what ezra was or anybody who would be considered a padawan yeah it's not because of age; it's just that she doesn't have any fucking ability
1: yeah she's not force sensitive (laughs) yeah so
0: it's really stupid to like kind of show that in there just so you could have a Jedi story where it's like, we already have a Jedi, we have a Soka. We,
1: we have a shit ton of Jedi-like let Soka stories. Let Ahsoka
0: be the Jedi. Yeah. And let her call on her friends, who might have some expertise and some stuff, or more connections to help her get around and track down Thrawn and the real threat here. Like, if you built it up that way, it would have been interesting to watch from the beginning. It would have felt like, okay, this is a Soka story. And yeah, then you're bringing in stuff from Rebels, and then you can bring in the, the stuff with Anakin and all that from... Uh, uh, clone wars and then you have the this whole big combination of what's going to happen at the end of the season yeah that'll lead in, whether they're leading into a movie a movie made for tv or a new star wars movie who knows but it would be more entertaining
1: yeah and Unless- also it would be about ahsoka not like oh yeah ahsoka is the second or third character of this show yeah it's yeah i feel like this script needed another pass or two
0: again it's like it's being directed by a guy who made cartoons and is written like it's with cartoon logic
1: well yeah it's like oh yeah (laughs) in episode six this will explain it because i forgot to explain it you know three episodes back yeah so So we'll double back on that and it's like
0: "Eh." like you could have started this whole show with some intrigue and mystery and like a a mission every trying to figure out what's going on one person has all the answers which is the imperial chick Mm-hmm. and then um, them unfolding this rather than just chasing a MacGuffin that they don't know where it goes or what it does to, okay, we'll just trust the Force and maybe the whales will take us wherever the fuck they're going to go.
1: Yeah. Because
0: then I th- what's going to happen in the next two episodes is Ezra's going to find the truth, Ahsoka's going to show up, they're going to fight or whatnot, and they're probably all of them, all the main characters, Thrawn, the fucking Stormtroopers, Ahsoka, Sabine, Ezra, and all of them, even the Night Sisters or whatnot, are going to be on this fucking star short and then go back to the, the normal galaxy and it's gonna end yeah and they're gonna leave the rest of them for whatever they're gonna do a movie or season two whatever that's what's gonna happen in two more episodes it's, yeah and that's not it's boring because we already know what's gonna happen like you could have unfolded mm-hmm. this mystery more strategically if and a did lot better way. yeah
1: yeah it's just it's not a great show it's the weakest show that they've put out for uh, Star Wars, in my opinion. And
0: it's one that feels the most like a bait and switch. Even though people didn't yeah. like Boba Fett because Boba Fett's story kind of didn't go where people wanted to go. And then well, no, so, basically took it over. Yeah,
1: ha- like halfway through, Mandalorian
0: but like game At least for the most part, it was about Boba Fett's story after what happened at in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Where, like, this is called Ahsoka. And you don't feel like Ahsoka's the main character until episode five.
1: And then... Oh we'll bleep her out. And then
0: she's nowhere to be seen in episode six for the most part, except for like the recap.
1: Yeah, except for the recap in the first two minutes of the show. And then it's like boop we Yeah. This isn't about Ahsoka. Remember remember Sabine? We all love Sabine. It's like, no we don't, we want Sabine to die. And I think
0: the whole thing is is that because it's Ahsoka's show, right? Supposedly. Which in the allegedly. They can't have a throwdown between her and Thrawn, right? Because she's a Jedi. She can beat a fucking general. Yeah. Like, he doesn't stand a chance against her in a fight. So who the fuck does Ahsoka have to fight other than the, the mercenary Jedi who don't want to go back? They want to stay.
1: Yeah. So I guess she'll fight the mercenary Jedi and then the uh, one-night sister chick, probably, and that's it.
0: Because she's already beaten before. Yeah. So it's going to be like, all right, if you're going to roll this into a movie where's Ahsoka going to play in the movie? Because she has no purpose because there's nobody for her to fight or go up against that. It's a challenge.
1: Yeah. They, so, they really painted this into a corner. Yeah.
0: Because I don't feel like this was plotted out or planned out at all very well. Yeah. Yeah. So again, the weakest of all the star Wars shows, um, again, it's for fans of rebels and clone wars, I guess we'll see where the last two episodes go. Um, I don't have hopes. Have. <laughs> yeah. Cause it doesn't seem like it's gonna be very great. Um, but the other great TV show that we've been watching. A is, really good
1: TV show um, with great pacing and great character development.
0: Which is probably because the first season, the pacing and stuff was, was not so done well. It was so quick. It was so quick. This they were,
1: time, they're just, it's spot on. Yeah,
0: they rushed through everything in the first season of Wheel of Time. Season two, they're taking their time with it um, to a point where I feel like you're not going to get some conclusions that we want. And I don't know if they're going to get a third season. I hope they get a third but, season. But <laughs> um, the costume design, the story pacing the conflict all the characters are going through. Beautiful. This was the meat of like, what was good about reading the books after the first one was that all the characters you start realizing have like some type of special ability or there's something uh, really powerful about them. And they're all starting to learn what those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, definitely recommend watching it. I mean, we're not going to recap it shot for shot for what happens in the episodes. I mean, it's on prime. I do recommend you watch it if you have access to it. Yes. Uh, Again, like we've always been saying, this doesn't follow the book story, uh, pace 100%. By pace. it just gets the characters to the major events.
1: Yeah. But um, they're doing it a lot better this season yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like with the introduction to land she, her character's done really, really well mm-hmm. throughout, uh, all this. Um, and you're starting to get a sense of like, yeah, the forsaken are all working for the dark one, but the forsaken. Kind of all have their own fucking agenda and don't really give a shit about the whole thing.
1: Yeah, as long as it leads to what they want, what they want, and the final outcome, they're like, "Well, fuck you on getting this person because I want this person." So yeah, because all Lanfir
0: wants is is Lewis or the basically, mm-hmm. and all the uh, Ishmael wants is not to exist. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's contrary, but like she'll do what she can as long as she gets what she wants. Um, and we're waiting to see like it's one of those ones where you're expecting like either Egwene or Naive or somebody to come. You mean
1: Egwene?
0: Egwene, yeah, to burst out of like some superpower or whatnot. But who knows? We'll end up seeing it.
1: I think we'll see it. I think at the at least at the very last episode we'll see like a big boom i know all these, these
0: these insla- people who are enslaved they get theirs but whether or not they get theirs in this season i don't know because i
1: hope so because i'm like i really do because i hope they get a season three yeah but if they don't and they leave so much stuff open-ended i'll be highly upset
0: yeah because it's interesting like with the, what, how this ended right it was ending with ran supposedly going to try and leave with matt from moraine's hometown yes uh, he was only there to try and learn how to channel from The Last False Dragon. Yeah, which Moraine...
1: he kind of learned a little bit. Yeah,
0: which Maureen kind of, like, manipulated that to work. But um, the one thing, like, they didn't explain, which I wish they did, was that because he kind of said, like, hey, when told Brand to embrace the power, like, you have to fill up. It's The concept that they teach the Aes Sedai is, like, it's uh, your cup and you're filling yourself up with power, but you don't want to overflow. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can yeah. one... Die to burn yourself out to where you can't use the power, anymore. which we whatsoever.
1: saw in the first season when the uh, the group of ladies yeah. were channeling to stop the uh, uh, the
0: horde, yeah. The horde, yeah. They a lot of them died or right or, or burned themselves burnt them out, or out so they can't touch the, the source anymore. So, the thing is, is that like Rand's finally embracing his power, but Matt ditches him. Uh, and basically what's going to happen, well, Matt's, Matt's d- going to follow him probably.
1: Yeah. Well, Matt, um, ditches him because he was told that about, he was going to kill him. That, yeah. So he's like, uh, I won't go with
0: you. So. But the Emerald Seat shows up and takes, and takes yeah. And see, this is where like, it like, again, doesn't follow the books because what's about what they had to do by the end of this season, they need Ran in the white tower because there is an artifact there, which is a crystal sword that he needs to get his hands on. Okay. That's why, like the upcoming episode was, oh, and they're suddenly in the White Tower, and like he's having a, a like almost a trial or a one on one with the Emerald Seat. It's like if he is, if they determine he is the real dragon, do they
1: kill him or do they, they keep kill him? him? Do alive? they cut him
0: off from the source? What do they do? He needs to get his hands on some items that are like locked in their basement. Yeah. Which thing is that this show hasn't done very well is talk about how what the artifacts are, the Sandrilas and Taverils. Which is like what the arches were that Naive went through. It's what the collar is that goes on with the uh, women that the, the other group. Well, is they kind of and...
1: explain the collars this episode.
0: They don't explain though that these are items that the one source like goes into and like powers them. Okay. Like you, they're like the crystal sword that he ends up getting. We'll probably get at the end of the season. Is a giant. Uh, they're basically magnifiers or antennas for him to channel even more power into, so he doesn't hurt burn you.
1: Oh, okay. So that's
0: what all these devices basically do. They put power into them, and they can just they can handle a lot more than anyone else can, oh. and that way they don't get hurt doing any of this stuff. And these act as amplifiers for Sedai's or the men who can channel and whatnot. Okay. um The collar, which is interesting, is made by an ISA die we you never given the background of why somebody made it, but it's being used to enslave anybody who uses the one power because this group thinks it's too dangerous for anybody to have.
1: Yeah. Again, it's that quinari kind of mindset or where the Canari probably got it. Yeah. Where like probably. they have
0: to break the mages down to like serve them. And like, yeah. it was very obvious that the girl was excited about, uh, Yguin's power. Um, yeah. power because she's like, I got a new toy that's super powerful. Not because, Oh, I, we can do so much together. We can be partners. It's more like, You're going to do what I say because I want you. I want your access to your power. Yeah. That we're partners in anything like she's been bullshitting. And at the end of the episode, Gwaine basically breaks down and starting
1: to break down, gives
0: into the the torture uh, techniques of this group to make her a slave. Um, But it will be so satisfying when they break her out and and she goes, and they go on these fucking people because they need to get what, as far as I remember, I think they get fucking wiped out.
1: Uh, I would think so. <laughs> because they're,
0: I don't believe they're anywhere else in, in it. Um, but what should happen if they do a season three is that we should see Rand go to the other side of the spine of the world and meet up with uh, uh, Ariel, the the one chick that um, Parent met with
1: that Perrin's with right now which we didn't see in this episode we didn't see Perrin at all in this episode except yeah, for like a dream sequence the
0: thing is is that Perrin and that chick like that never really that never happens in the book like where Perrin should be ending up he needs to end up back in two rivers uh-huh and then him and the wolf pack like start protecting that area and then they start raising the flag of a wolf to him to him and what he's doing that since that actually is the old flag of the old kingdom that used to be there Oh. And that he's basically raising an army there to help fight the big fight at the end, and then like basically all these characters get split up, and they all start raising their own armies or powers or groups of groups of resources okay. to all come together at the end to try and fight off the final battle or whatnot. Okay. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how that all goes. Um. Again, the show like season two, the pacing is done really well. Mm-hmm. Um. The story is they explain a lot more. It's and some of the episodes, especially the stuff in the White Tower about how the power is being used. And you see the threading more. That's why I wish they kept the same opening. Like, the opening yeah. thing here is just the fucking logo. And it's like, the I, other I opening lo- was weaves of thread making that a tapestry. So, and that's how yeah, it's that was explained. so pretty. That's how it's explained in the book, is like, you're yeah. weaving a tapestry. And it'd be nice to see Ran or even Egwene or Naive or any of them start figuring out how to do the weaves themselves. Like, um, the false dragon tells Ran, it's like, hey, I had to take me years to figure out how to make those weaves to fight. Yes. Uh, Because that's what happens is that they all just start figuring out how to put together weaves either because they see someone else do it, whether it be a Forsaken or someone else. Like The most powerful one that we won't see in this season or even next season is Balefire, which is like a forbidden uh, weave that nobody's supposed to use because it doesn't just kill somebody, it burns them out of existence on the wheel.
1: Oh fuck!
0: Because so like, the idea is like, if you do it too much, you start burning too many threads completely off. The whole tapestry falls apart. Oh, so the so wheel of time a- needs to we needs to weave the thread of your life going back in over and over again. But if you use balefire, they don't reincarnate. They're just and everything they were before is just fucking uh, gone. Ah. Uh, Rand figures out how to use it. All the girls figure out how to use it. Of course, and they- like later on in the books, like everybody's fucking throwing this shit around. And it's like they all just <laughs> figure out how to do it. And it's either because they see someone else do it or they see a glimpse of it and then they just kind of mimic stuff. And that's kind of like what Naive and going is all supposed to be doing is that they're supposed to start mimicking like little things and adding a little twist to it. And then that's how they start becoming more and more powerful. Okay. Um, But again, really good series. Amazon Prime. Check it out. You should watch it. Yeah. Um, Next movie we'll talk about is you watched a movie on Hulu. Yes. I saw articles article saying, I know this is the biggest, best comedy of the, of the year or whatnot. Um, I think it won some awards at some independent film festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Theater Camp. Um, most The most recognizable person most people will know will be uh, Jimmy Tarto. He plays the character Troy. who is He's the guy that's from um, Workaholics, um, American Vandal, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. He's like the real bro-bro type of guy. Yep. Um, um,
1: also, the lady who plays Joan you will recognize as well uh, uh sed- yeah sedators. she's been in a lot of uh, uh sketch comedies
0: and yeah surprisingly a lot of this cast are people f- that were in book smart yes um and they didn't play like the, any of the main characters you don't have uh the main characters from Booksmart smart here but they they're playing a lot of the side characters a lot of the kids that are at the school mm-hmm. um that they run into in book smart are in this and it's kind of an interesting summer camp movie because it's not about the campers like coming together and doing something great it's more about The camp counselors Mm -hmm. and the camp owner, because basically Joan runs this acting camp,
1: theater camp, theater
0: camp that is struggling, and they're going to do a documentary about Joan and her camp and all that. But then she has a a stroke, yes, In the very beginning, and is in a coma. So like they decide they're going to continue the documentary, but they're going to follow the camp and Troy, who is uh, her her son, her son who play who's played by a Trayton, um. You mean Jimmy? Basic, uh, played by Jimmy uh, Tetro uh, T- 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 uh Basically, is taking over the camp, and Troy is nothing but like a, a influencer, Instagram influencer. Yeah. And a vlogger. And he's like, not necessarily a good one. He's just somebody who's just constantly doing it. Yeah. Really? And doesn't know anything about business. And then, of course, the evil corporation or other camp wants to buy their land and all this. Um, and they end up in a situation where they need to raise enough money to f- uh, prevent a foreclosure because uh, if the camp for- gets foreclosed on, then uh, it's bought up by the other group. Yeah. Um, His big plan to do this, like he's trying to have like host an Airbnb. So like there's a random yes. guy living on the camp. while the kids are there who has his own cabin. He's like bitching that the kids are too loud. <laughs> he has the kids host a... Rotary Club dinner,
1: <laughs> yeah. And but the, the kids
0: think it's all acting theater, like dinner theater.
1: So they go way over the top
0: and say like horrible shit, some horrible <laughs> shit, like why well, my baby's dying or something to, to the guy, strike so, where yes. all he gets out of it is like forty bucks. Yeah. Um. Every scheme he's come up to try and make money has like honestly failed. And then the camp counselors who like don't know about the financial issues are literally like trying to write. Their magnum opus of a play, like they all year they write the original play for the kids to do, but they run into some personal turmoil where like the chick of this duo is going to go have a career, and the other guy is still stuck there, and and she's finally like, "Fuck it, I'm not staying around. I'm going to going to go and have a career." Yeah. And of course, her partners being uh, kind of being moody but- about she's it, being moody heard about it, like, "Why are you leaving me?" blah blah blah. blah. Even though like. It's a weird relationship because they mentioned for a second like she had a huge crush on him when they grew up because they we went to camp together, mm-hmm. but he's gay, so like and it almost feels like she never got over the fact that he was gay. He was gay and stuck around oh. with him because they were always together, and finally he's now letting go to go do her own thing, um, so like she like le- he literally like embarrasses her on the spot and like for the finale song of this musical, and she has to make it up on the spot, but then she ends up turning it into a good song when she yeah. actually writes it. <laughs>
1: When um, music spoke to it and the choreography, it's like, oh, this actually fucking works. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what's really interesting is like the real person who steals the show is Noah Gavin. Yes. Uh, he plays Glenn, Glenn with with Rappu, who's basically the stage manager. Yes. He handles the props, the equipment, all that stuff. He has a few like little kid group of kids that are like, yes, you're going to be stage managers and prop people and backstage. You get none of the glory and all this like he always wanted to be an actor, but every kept treating him like he was useless, so he became a stage manager. Yep. Um he ends up having to stand in for the lead in this play and absolutely steals the whole show. Um and he He does you, it
1: in drag too. Yeah, it's Wonderful.
0: You'll know who no you'll, you'll recognize him from a Book Smart because he's the kid having the murder mystery party at his yes. house. Um and bitching and yelling at everybody for screwing up their roles. Um, but he steals this entire show by playing the main lead like last minute um, as like Troy tries to have all his other influencer friends to show up so he can get them to invest money yeah. into the camp to try and save it. <laughs> and so this big play is all about his mom, Joan, and what she did with building camp in her whole life, which actually ends up being interesting because it's like she went from being a stockbroker to, like, partying at Studio 54, to, like, getting somebody off of Coke, yeah. to, like, opening up a theater camp to get people follow their <laughs> dreams and be actors. And, like, the musical is done really well by all these kids, that, which can sing and dance, and they do a hell of a kick-ass job. Yes. But, again, it's like it's a camp movie that's not about the campers at all. It's mm-hmm. not – nobody cares. You're not focusing on any of the campers, like, drama or inner turmoil between them. It's all the drama between the camp, the counselors, and Troy trying not to fuck up his mom's legacy by losing the camp. Yeah, um, but
1: it's pretty hilarious. If yeah, you've it is. That, you know, lived through high school, and During... you've dealt with theater kids. This hits home of how stupid theater kids are. And yeah,
0: like how, <laughs> and how self-centered. dramatic and yes. self centered that people can be in the in like that and show choirs and stuff. Um, they do a great job of, of, like, what you want out of these types of movies when it's, like, either theater or musical movie is you need to have, like, a solid, good, like, musical finale.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, like, if you do these movies and, like, it's not a good finale then it's, like, meh, they just didn't do a good job. It's not, like, it's not worth watching, but, like, you yeah. watch it, like, oh, wow, that was actually really, really good. Off. It pays off on everything.
1: Like the song and... about doing lines of coke. And these yeah, a bunch kids of kids doing... doing... talking
0: about coke.
1: It was so good with the giant nose and then this string of uh, basically like white linen representing a line of coke as it's going into a giant nose.
0: Yeah, the crazy thing is like for this like final performance at this three-week camp, like, oh, we have a live cam of Joan where she's in, coma, in a comb in her bed. And all you see is a body sleeping there. And what we don't realize is that they put the camera for the wrong patient until the show ends. It's like she's up and clapping. We're like, wait, that's not Joan. Who is this? She's like, I don't know what this is or who Joan is, but wow, that was wonderful. I love the show. <laughs> so and funny. then Joan wakes up next to her because she's just the same patient and sharing a room with her. Yeah, it says, oh, I saw this whole story about your life. It was great. You didn't see it, but I saw it. <laughs> it
1: was wonderful. Yeah, it,
0: it's a it's really great, like, heartwarming so- film that's like. Yeah, by the end of it, all the problems are, are taken care of by Deus Ex Machia, basically. Yeah. But it's a hilarious adventure to see, see how it goes. And like I said, if you've ever known somebody or you were a theater kid, you'll definitely relate to what happens and what, all the conversations that they're having. Yeah. I so. thought it was a good like type of camp movie that wasn't necessarily about camp counselors all finally growing up to be adults. It's really only uh, that... Those two that they have that kind of issue, yeah. And it's more of like this them just trying to hold this camp together. Yeah. Um. Another up character is uh, a girl named J- uh, a character named Janet. What she's played by Io Elder Brewery. Bre- 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 Bre? I can't. said yeah. That right. <laughs> I... But she's she sta- also is a co-star in the show The Bear.
1: Yes. And I saw her. I was like, oh, she's on The Bear. And you were like, what? I'm like, Let yeah. me show you.
0: So like. She is hired to do, like, 20 different people's jobs because Troy's like, I need to cut
1: money. costs
0: so we can save money. So we're hiring so, one like, person. So, she lied on her resume that she could joust, do acting, stunt work, and all this stuff. And she's literally asking this kid's, like... So what, what does this
1: mean? No, what's, what? what is... what's, what's
0: stage combat? Like, everybody's giving her a Like, what's a non-metaphorical stage combat? Until the stage like, you teach us how to fight. Okay, cool, I can do that. It's like, perfect, let's go. Yeah, so really really fun entertaining movie it's on hulu uh you can watch it right now so i just, i would say hey yeah
1: it's a good uh, watch it's quick it's about an hour 30 give or take yeah it
0: wasn't a super long movie no, um just is kind of a basic comedy length i think yeah um but it's definitely worth it yeah it's only an hour and a half
1: yeah like i said about an hour 30
0: um what's great is that the kids in it are standout as far as like theater kids or musical kids actors and dancers and yet there's no focus on them um, specifically, yeah. which is great. So you don't have, like, a little kid becoming a diva. You just have, like, right, some of these kids are divas, some of these kids aren't.
1: Oh, they're all divas, Ian. Yeah, All basically. the kids <laughs> are divas, except well, for the stage except, No, kids.
0: except for the one kid who's, like, really good at doing stuff, but, like, he's a normal kid, too. Like, he likes to play football. Oh, that
1: one, yeah, the normal kid. Yeah.
0: So, like, again, like I said, doesn't follow the kids. It basically is following the adults in this in the situation. Yeah. Um, but the kids do an outstanding performance for being <laughs> like in the background. Like they, they're never like just there. They're always given hundred percent. Yeah. So really good film, really fun to watch. Suggest you watch it.
1: Yep. Good pacing throughout. So you never have, you know, how sometimes you get a lull in comedies. This doesn't have a lull.
0: Yeah. You're good. So, um, now I'm jumping over video games. Uh, done, done, done. Star. I finished Starfield. Courtney has <laughs> yes, yet I... to do it. She needs to catch up because people are gonna spoil it for her in a couple of weeks when we go out and hang out with friends. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm fucked.
0: Just <laughs> spend spend some time playing it and at least at least get to some get to halfway through the, the main story. Um, because that way major things won't get spoiled for you. Okay. Um, but basically, uh, we have a review up on the webpage at nerdist.com. Yes. Um, our initial impressions. I think well, I thought say it was about nine. I changed my uh, assessment
1: you know, afterwards afterwards
0: of about uh, 8.5. It's like you can go eight to 8.5, depending on how bad bugs are for you. And whatnot. Um, <laughs> it's, Bethesda.
1: There's it's bugs. still, it's but still a you've fun run game. Into a I've run bugs. into game
0: breaking bugs. where like, I couldn't yeah. finish an entire factions quest line. I had to uh, redo stuff. And I also go in that, in that, uh, review over the new game plus how it's different, how it works and how it can be tweaked a little bit to work a little bit better. Um, because there are some things about it that don't work the way we want a new game. Right. Plus um, there's certain things with new game. Plus that p- gamers expect that this doesn't do that you really need to do it to be a new game. Plus um, otherwise this is basically new game continuation. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and that's more, the most I'll say about it.
1: Thank you for not spoiling it for yes. me.
0: Um, now for f- uh, cyberpunk this week, uh, the 2.0 update which was originally called the 1.7 update yep and then people kept saying it
1: sounds better 2.0 sounds better than 1.7 or 1.7.425 well
0: the reason why like they think they jump from 1.7 to 2.0 is because as more people sought the press and influencers like hey this is Changing completely how the games played. They're not going to do any other major updates after Phantom Liberty because that's it for this game. They're going to be working on Cyberpunk 2 after that point.
1: Yep, and the Witcher,
0: new Witcher, Witcher new one. Witcher game. Yeah. So um, this is going to be probably the last major update, other than maybe bug fixes after Phantom Liberty. Yeah. Um, now, if you played uh, Cyberpunk prior, I yes. do recommend you play it again and start start from scratch. Yes. Um, they have definitely tweaked things to where um, it definitely does play different. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole cyberware uh, layout is completely different. Your armor is no longer based on clothing. It's based on how much cyberware you can have installed, and you're very limited on what you can have installed unless you uh, put perk points into into certain attributes. So no more ass-kicking outfits. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, no more having to spend all your points into crafting, so you can craft the best weapons and clo- items in the game. Because there's no longer crafting in specs. You ba- basically mm-hmm. everybody can craft from craft anything from the get go, as long as you have the uh, right amount of equipment for it. Yeah. So it's it to instead of like throwing away all these legendary or rare items that you're not using or weapons you're not using. You're gonna to want to break that stuff all down so you can easily just craft new uh, new versions of the guns and stuff that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, they've broken it down to where, uh, maybe some attributes that you weren't using, like if you weren't being a stealth build, you probably didn't use cool that much. Right now, they've kind of changed it up to where the build systems, uh, also changed a lot too. Yeah, because in each of the attributes, there's you there's one or two there's one at least one type of weapon type that's Tied to it. So, like, if you want to make a good pistol build, you now have to invest in cool because all the pistol abilities mm-hmm. are under cool. The blade stuff is under reflex again. Yeah. Um, But, like, tech weapons are under technical. And I think smart weapons are under intelligence okay. now. And then blunt weapons, again, are, of course, under the body. Where before you had, like, uh, body had, like, shotgun uh, and blunt weapons uh, shotgun stuff is now under, I think, uh, technical or, uh, I think it's under technical where like shotguns and rifles okay. and like pistols and snipers are now underneath. Cool. So you actually have to invest in some of those things. Um, you're almost everybody's probably going to invest in technical, I think, because that's the only one that has the edge runner perks that lets you put in more and more cyberware yeah so you want to be able to do more crazy shit you need to do the edge runner stuff which means to max it out you have to put 20 points into that attribute (laughs) um and you gotta spend points on all the stuff for uh cyberware so you can put more in and you can go over your max and get more abilities and get Mm -hmm. max armor um and they've also made it so like you don't have to hunt around the city now for which ripper doc has what you all the ripper docs have everything now it's just a matter of... Argue. Which one's
1: nearest to you at nearest the time. Nearest to
0: you and like what level you're at will determine which level stuff is at, basically. Yeah. So you don't have to go and try and, like, hey, don't piss off this... Uh, don't piss off fingers because otherwise you can't use them as a reproduct... Uh, no, you can piss them off all Nick and everyone else will have all the same stuff. Yeah. Um, which and, is nice. And they definitely kind of... Uh, I guess it. Some people said, like, net running is, is, seems broken It seems to over- OP it again. They made net running more so so where you can't just sit back and just hack everybody. Um, because now whenever you do drop hacks, uh, you can reduce through different uh, cyberware items and different perks and whatnot uh, how traceable you are. But yeah. every hack you do causes a trace. And even when the hack is done, they'll still be tracing you. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can just drop one cyber hack on somebody they die, and then the trace stops, it still starts tracing where you're at, so the enemies will locate you faster. Okay. But the Q system that they added, where you can drop up to, I think up to four um, quick hacks on one person, and that they'll just kind of dro- kick in one eye after the other, uh, really makes it real powerful in taking people out. Um, and then the car combat stuff, uh, most of it is tied behind Phantom Liberty, but there are a few cars you can find in the world 2.0 that already have mounted weapons on them. Okay. Um, one of them you can get for free in the north end of Watson. Um, some of the others, I think you have to wait to get your up to buy them or it's going to be tied to Phantom Liberty uh, car missions that you have to do.
1: Okay. It's not bad. Yeah.
0: So it's definitely a completely different game the way it's played. If you haven't played it, definitely pick it up and grab it. There's, it's dirt cheap now anyway. Mm-hmm. You can usually probably, you can usually get the game and Phantom Liberty for the, the uh, at a discount price for the price of what Phantom Liberty just costs, like 35 bucks. You'll get both. Yeah. So look for those deals, grab it. Um, it's definitely a great game. The storyline in the game is great. All the controversial shit that the people have said about projects Red, read uh, when it's the game came out, like the anti-trans shit, that's all garbage bullshit that, media was making up uh based off of artwork being used and stuff there's nothing in the company was about anti-trans was there crunch yes there was but like there was crunch on every fucking game prior to like 2020 because everybody was doing crunch until people decided they weren't going to deal with that shit anymore yeah and the worst crunches were not at companies like cd project red they're more like at ea activision ubisoft. Blizzard, ubisoft places that weren't paying their, their people for those hours and yeah. were threatening to fire them for it. Seed uh, Project Red wasn't doing anything, any of that stuff. They were doing crunch, but they weren't going to say, you're fired if you don't do this shit. Um, and they weren't uh, fucking with the design of the game as much as those other companies have. The core line of Cyberpunk has always been a really good, uh, deep uh, story about death and handling it. Um I think they've done a really great job with that. Uh, Phantom Liberty is going to add some new ending options there too. So that's another good reason to grab Phantom Liberty is because there might be another option uh, how to end that story. So you're not left with the options that came originally with it. So who knows what the story will continue with in Cyberpunk 2 now that we'll have to wait to see what Phantom Liberty has. Yeah. Um, And... Other than that, I mean, like, the weapons are all done really, really right. They've changed up some of the driving stuff. The big stuff everybody's talking about is the police interaction and Max tack where you actually do get to interact with them if you go a complete psychopath and just start mowing people down. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, it's cool that they did that, and it's nice that those, those things work, but that was never a necessity for this game because this game is not GTA. You're not playing a fucking criminal dist- uh, trying to take over a city with your criminal empire. Yeah. You're playing... A completely legal mercenary doing legal gigs and stuff. And to trying
1: s- to stay under the radar. To from- solve the
0: mystery, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not there to fucking just take down the uh, police or the government. That's not the story of the game. Yeah. The fact that everybody bitched a moan about police interaction is like, you know, you don't have to be a psychopath in every fucking game. It's not GTA. And people are now praising it, that oh, it controls like GTA, it's so much better now it's great that huh. those things are there, but this game is not GTA. Yeah. And not every sur- urban simulator has to be a GTA clone. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer it when games don't try and copy GTA because GTA it, is a satire and it's a satire to the almost the extreme to the point where it gets offensive at times. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 is out. Uh, that's a completely free update. So if you just buy the game, you will get all this updates. If you already have it, and you start an old game, it will prompt you to go to a Ripper dock um, and do a special mission so that everything gets switched over to this new system. So unfortunately, you can't keep what they used to have. Everybody's getting moved over to this new system. Yeah. Um, you're definitely going to want to get Phantom Liberty because it gives you a higher level cap and more uh, skill points to work with, uh, as well as some new cool abilities that you'll get to work with mm-hmm. once uh, Phantom Liberty's out, I think, on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be I'll, be I'll be streaming Cyberpunk on Monday uh, to ke- get up catch up to where we need to be for Phantom Liberty, okay. and then we'll be jumping to Phantom Liberty probably Tuesday or uh, Wednesday when uh, that's live for people to play on our Twitch channel, Nerd Crusade, the Nerd Crusade uh, at Twitch, and you also find us at www.theredcrusade.com uh, the Nerd Crusade on YouTube, and you. can you watch all our stuff either on those platforms or wherever as well as listen to our podcast on everywhere (laughs) podcasts are available yep Uh, I think that's our show this week and we'll catch you guys next time uh, as we talk about uh, more Ahsoka as she ends Wheel of Time as we're watching that and any other new movies stuff that we come across okay okay alright catch you later
1: (laughs) Bye. bye